Whatever, bro. Just making fun of me because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> Welcome back, Sonder Stories, chapter 16, maybe, I think. True. Something like that. Um, we've been away for a while. We've had a lot of stuff happening that uh, we're excited to get everyone filled in on uh, in this podcast. But um, thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us again. And. Um, been along for the ride. Today we are going to talk about Quacky. Quacky is a beer that uh, we are collaborating with the Free Store Food Bank on. We'll get, we'll get to that later, talk about that a little bit more. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm Justin Neff. I've got with me today Chase Legler. Hey. <laughs> Chase is asleep at the wheel. Jeff Parker. Zoop, zoop. And Luke Shropshire. What up? And off in the distance, PNP drinking his quacky out of a liter glass. Daintily. <laughs> so uh, let's let's just jump right in. Let's talk about quacky first. Let's talk about this beer, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the other things we have going on, and and what people can expect from us over the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is an American lager, and it's incredibly crushable it's something that we're excited about i know that chase you've been advocating for a beer like this for a long time and uh why don't you just go ahead and dive right in and talk about it a little bit uh yeah it's a american lager Um, what does that mean let's start there what does an american lager mean traditionally an american lager would be lighter in alcohol light body um, sometimes made with adjuncts Uh, this is an adjunct lager as well so we used uh, corn for it. Not corn syrup. Not corn syrup, no. There's uh, nothing wrong with corn syrup, though. I just want to delineate because oh. there is a difference. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that it's wrong. I'm just <laughs> delineating that there is a difference. Yeah, there's no corn syrup in it. But there's corn. I don't yeah, see a, a big difference either. Yeah, so uh, it, was, it was a fun beer. Kind of treated it uh, as if we were a large brewery in our process of making it. So we actually did a, a high gravity So what that means is that we started with a grain bill and targeted a higher sugar content and did a fermentation on it and then actually diluted it with deaerated water on the backside. Um, So it just gives it a nice, clean, crisp, uh, refreshing uh, finish to the beer. It just leads to the drinkability of it. So we targeted uh, a little bit higher bitterness in the original grain bill to bring it down to, I think we hit about, 12 to 15 IBUs targeted, uh, calculated uh, for IBUs. And it was was a lot of fun because, you know, you go through the process and it's it's a lager, so you're dealing with lager yeast and going through the performances of fermentation programs to clear out any diacetyl, and it's a clear beer as well. So, um, you know, it's a a process-focused beer um, that was a lot of fun for for us to make, and luckily we got a new toy in, in-house, uh, a D-O-meter, uh, so that helped a lot with this beer to make sure that we weren't picking up any oxygen into it as we did uh, any of the water additions 
or any of the transfers, you know, because you're handling the beer more. And when you handle beer, you know, there's always the, the possibility and usually always, you know, a little bit of pickup of oxygen in it. So I know Luke uh, posted an Instagram post, you know, showing our DO levels and which were, you know, uh, less than three basically. And so we, we were hitting levels that, you know, big breweries strive for and try to hit. Um, and we were able to do that with our process with a lenticular filter, which I'm pretty impressed about. So explain, you talked a lot about trying to keep the oxygen levels low, the oxygen pickup level low. Mm-hmm. Luke, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what can happen if, if you don't take attention and care to that. So if you do have high, uh, D, so DO is dissolved oxygen, yeah. um, just for those that, that aren't aware of what that means. So basically what that is is just, as Chase alluded to, it's oxygen picked up into the beer itself and over time can be very harmful to the beer so, uh, Luke, why don't you talk a little bit about that and why that's so important, especially in a beer like this? For any beer dissolved oxygen, it's going to be detrimental. Uh, what that means is shelf life. When your beer is obviously canned or packaged um, and you have a higher DO level, uh, the stability of it's going to drop. With that, the oxidation is just kind of turned into cardboard. Uh, well, not cardboard, but the flavors of cardboard. Uh, so that means you could have a beer on the shelf for 30 days with a low DO, say, a total package of 22 when you hit the can run versus a can that hit five 600 when you pick up the difference between those two cans you're going to see a difference you're going to see the one that's at the 20 level it's going to be a little bit fresher or it's going to at least taste fresher it's going to be having a nicer you know head stability it's going to be a little bit more balanced when you go to the one that's going to have a higher level of do you're going to see it's a little bit more flabbier you're going to have maybe just like a hint of, you know, a little bit cardboardy kind of characteristics. Um, and you might see more of like a protein dropout as well. There's going to be a little chunky hazies that are going to show up. So there's going to be a very detrimental thing towards that. You know, the th- reason why it's so important to have a low DO on this beer especially is because, one, it's a lager. And it's a very clear lager. So with that... When you have, and most people have seen this with New England or New England IPAs, when there is a high dissolved oxygen, it sticks. It doesn't stay towards that orange juice characteristic color. It's going to go towards a brown color, and that's going to show very high DO. So with this beer, it's not. I'm not saying it's going to go brown, but you're going to see on top of it not having a lot of malts to hide behind say if it was a stout that's going to have like you know chocolate malts roasted barley flaked oats you know a lot of girth behind it this beer was literally just corn and two row malt and that's it there's nothing for this beer to hide behind so you know again this is why lagers are so hard because any flaw is going to show snap of a finger so 30 days you're going to see some some downfall um so we make sure that we were hitting the lowest as possible to go back to what chase was saying you know with the lenticular filter not going into much of it um but you're literally running through pads multiple pads and you can imagine it's it's a membranous pad that's paper and you can think how much that surface area and little bits of oxygen that are trapped in there that you can't get rid of even if you're purging really hard uh, with CO2. And so seeing that we're going off the tank at zero and then we're going through a lenticular filter and we're hitting three is just amazing. And then when we let it go into our bright tank, 
it still is at the level of three, which shows you know, that we're making sure that we have the proper purge done with our CO2 source and that the tank is at a completely anaerobic state so that when this beer enters, it's, ha- it's going straight into a level, I'm sorry, an atmosphere, almost like, in a sense, not truly, but for layman's terms, space. You know, there's no oxygen, you know. So, you know, that's a good way to think about it, I guess. Yeah, thanks for that description. I think that's really helpful. Jeff, for you and your background, had you ever done anything like this as far as your brewing experience? So anything with water dilution or or putting in uh, the process like what we have done here? um, Absolutely not. I mean, I I feel like this is a pretty innovative process. Other brewers have been by and kind of heard what we're doing. They're like, what? What are you guys talking? It, and then we we never did lagers at Paradune. I never did okay. lager. I was all ales and large things. And even when Paradune opened, I was like, what? I got to brew something that the other people want to drink? Uh, that's a little <laughs> rough for me. You know? So, so uh, the difference between, I mean, there's a ton of differences in the beer itself. But from, a, from an actual practical standpoint in the process itself, for those that don't know, uh, lagers take a much longer time to ferment uh, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, this was, what, guys, 35 days total from brew day to, to package? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 And, and, Jeff, you've been spending in your, in your current role. We'll talk about kind of what's happening sure. here a little bit later if you're open to that. But, oh, absolutely. Um, you've been in your current role spending a lot of time in the cellar, so during fermentation and uh, swapping out tanks and moving beer and, and taking a lot of care of it. So... I would imagine this is something you've got to be pretty proud of as well, that it spent so much time in the cellar and in fermentation, and for it to come out this clean and this beautiful, knowing that your hands were all over it, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's, absolutely. You know, the practices that we have, uh, you know, we test them out all the time, and, uh, and you know, the new DO meter, it's just, you know, it shows how, how well our practices work. Uh, we were talking to Chris, and there's actually a, a log where it'll log every single deal that we've taken. Oh, that's awesome. And, and he went through our log and was like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. You know, so the guy who kind of, you know, sells the systems and, and teaches people how to use them. And that's so, Chris. That's who you're referring that, to, right? Yeah, that's Chris, the, uh, the gentleman who came and uh, walked us through the, you know, our new DO meter today. He was, he was already impressed with the DOs that we're pulling off of this thing. So. But it's amazing how crushable this beer was before the dilution. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Oh, my yeah, gosh. The subtleties, yeah. There is no alcohol hotness. But one thing I do want to say is um, this is probably one of the most difficult beers that Chase and I have Potentially in your career, one of the most difficult beers we've ever brewed? I would say for sure, yeah. I mean, obviously Nuglera's was a, a team of people and a lot of heads involved to, you know, to make every beer. So this is definitely a challenge that I was really excited for. You know, I think there's a lot of maybe negative connotation with saying dilution. But, I mean, if you think about, you know, just pure economics and efficiency and water usage and carbon footprint... Um, making a beer like this just kind of makes sense. You know, there's a reason why, you know, Bud and Miller make make a beer like this. Uh, you know, with making water the way we're making it now, it's very, very manual, very hands-on. Um, obviously, there's processes out there that you can purchase and systems out there that can uh, essentially make water on the fly as you're adding it to beer, uh, which is nice to have. But it was, it was, it was just a lot of hands-on um, involvement with with this style and just uh, you know one simple you know uh, you know wrong turn of a valve or anything just could have really 
mess this beer up um, pretty quickly. So um, I think I think you know I'm really proud of of myself and 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 us for for jamming this one out. And hopefully we can make it again in the future. Yeah, I just to follow up to what Chase was saying, the difficulties of the water, I mean, that means we're checking our pH levels, our titration levels of hardness and softness. That means we're trying to match the salt levels of our calcium chloride and our SO4 to make sure that it's at the same level as the beer. We can't just take hose water and just blend that in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, this is that why this is such a difficult, such a difficult uh, beer. I remember reading, I think it was a brewmaster's table, Garrett Oliver saying, you can never find a person, I mean, you, you can say whatever the heck you want, but you cannot recreate Wonder Bread. It's impossible. Wonder Bread is so to the point of tested out and, and created to a level that it's unrepeatable. And that's the same thing with Budweiser and Miller and their beers, because it's always consistent. It's always the same with agricultural changes, with the, you know, global warming and we're having with you know our shortages of water and the agricultural difference with our hops and our grain i mean to do that and be being able to repeat it consistently you have to really make sure that you have everything in spec and that's that was the biggest challenge that we had this this was a very intense beer i remember coming in and just making the water with chase and i thought it was going to be maybe a four-hour day it would turn into a 10-hour day it was very intense. On and then, a Sunday, by the way. On a Sunday. And then even after we had the water figured out where we wanted it, the day that we cut it with the water to get it to the alcohol level one that we wanted, and then to the flavor that we wanted, was another 12-hour day because we were like, well, what about this? How about that? Well, let's check the pH here. Okay, what can we do for that? I mean, this was a labor and mentally intense beer, and it is awesome when we did the blind taste test against ng you know miller and budweiser and we saw the flavor composition and the and, and you know the similarities and the differences and you know it you know you just step back and just you're really proud about it you know it's really cool to see you guys so excited about it I, chase you alluded to it there can be uh, a negative connotation of this mm-hmm. beer and i think it's because of the the big breweries right so it seems to be there's there's uh, this you know, big brewery versus craft brewery uh, debate and discussion all the time. And, you know, one of the things you said is there's a reason that guys like Miller and Bud are, are brewing this beer and this style of beer, and it has sold so well for so long, right? It's a, it's a light, crushable, easy beer. But the cool thing about it is the consumer that drinks that now has an option to support a local small brewery who's – Brewing a beer that's just as good. Yeah, and I think, you know, with, with that being said, there's so much resources and, you know, not only not only history and time with, you know, them developing their beer to get it to where it's at. Um, so they've got a lot more time on it than, than, than we obviously have in the practice of making that style of beer, but also their analytical data that they have and the, just, just the, the resources and, you know, really bank behind it. And for us to kind of go in and, do it for our first time and I, I think knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. is just just a lot of fun I mean it's it's such a simple beer and it's such a crisp clean beer to drink um, and that's why it's such a challenge like Luke said it's there's nothing nothing can be hidden any defect any all flavor is going to show and, and to, you know follow with that point when we were doing our taste panel with the entire team with all the 
uh, that was beer, not pee. Yeah, it did, so, it did sound like pee. <laughs> when we were doing the taste panel, Chase's wife, Haley, has got an amazing palate. Uh, she picks up on stuff that I don't pick up on, and I think I have a pretty good palate. So she's just very sweet lady, too. A great person all around. But anyways, back to the story. When she was going to the taste testing, she said, I was asking, I was just like, well, what, do you, what did you think? What was your favorite? And her comment was, I never knew how difficult it was to do an adjunct lager. And for her to say that just really struck me. Because I was like, you know, you, you know, you're married to Chase. You've had a lot of good beer in your life. You know what you're tasting. And for her to say that, I've never realized how difficult it was. That was super serious. And, you know, that just made everything just mean more. Yeah, yeah that, I, I totally get that. Sorry, Chase. No, and I, I, I thought it was kind of fun, too, is, you know, we did the, the blind tasting with a lot of our team members, and, you know, we had the big big boy beers next to ours, and people were struggling really to, you know, kind of find a, a you know, a beer that they liked more, you know, because it's, they all tasted relatively the same, which is, I think, impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. The, the whole thing is impressive. I'm glad that you guys have, have kind of gone through the explanation of it and, and been able to to walk our listeners through it. Let's talk a little bit now about the cause behind it, what we're doing with this beer, and what makes this so exciting and special. So uh, it's called Quacky. It's a little, uh, little bit of a, of a quirky name. Um, it's a little different than anything we've done before. Uh, P&P actually said, I think in, in one of his social media posts, that it's one of his favorite things that we've done as an, as an organization. And I completely agree. Uh, it's been a little bit of an evolution. It started, I think, our first discussions with this were back in March, and it, it started with uh, having discussions with the Free Store Food Bank. And for those that don't know, the Free Store Food Bank uh, is an organization that uh, it's a not-for-profit organization that uh, helps feed uh, kids and and adults alike uh, throughout Cincinnati. So. It's an organization that helps underprivileged um, people uh, be able to eat, and it's something that, that for us, we're just over nine months in now, I guess. I, I, I keep, time is, is irrelevant to me anymore. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. Uh, and we've been able to, because of, because of you all listening and because of the people that love Sonder, we've been able to give back to the local community almost $20,000. And... Yeah, it's 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 really cool. Um, it's something that's really exciting. It was it's on all of our hearts. Pretty much, if you're a member of this organization, it's probably something you care about, and, and that's that's a common theme throughout uh, not only our leadership team but all the way down to our bartenders, and 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 everyone loves that. And this is no different. In fact, this is probably a pillar that hopefully is such a large success that uh, we can continue to do every year. And the reason it's called Quacky is Free Store Food Bank partners with Kroger every year for an event that they call Rubber Duck Regatta. And it's uh, the, it's the <laughs> I found out there's a third party that actually rents ducks uh, to people for different events like this. This is the largest rental of rubber ducks in the country uh, <laughs> for this event, which is pretty cool. Nice. And what they do is for every duck you buy, a duck costs a dollar. For every duck you buy, that feeds a, a child that's in need of food. It feeds a hungry child. And what we're doing is uh, a dollar of 
every six pack and a dollar of every pint goes to the free store food bank for a duck uh, of Quacky. So it's something I'm really excited about. The launch of it is today. So this, this podcast will probably come out uh, hopefully later in the week if, it, if it's not able to be uh, launched later this week. We're recording it on Wednesday here for the launch event, July 31st. So hopefully we're able to launch this podcast and, and everyone can hear it and get in here quickly and, and help support the cause and also be a part of the Rubber Duck Regatta on September. Uh, what's the date there? Yeah, it's, uh, we should probably know that. It's, 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 so, uh, it's Labor Day. Labor Day. It is Labor Day, yes. I, it, I just can't remember the date off my, off my uh, head. It's September, September 1st, maybe. Siri, September 1st or Siri 2nd. Um, everyone right now is, is just waiting for us to tell them probably. So Luke's going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to clear the, the dead airspace while Luke asks Siri while we're well, actually well, recording being, the podcast. Being so young. September 2nd, y'all. There it is, September 2nd. Being so young to land this sort of thing, I mean, I – how long has the Rubber Duck Regatta been going on? Well, so that's a great... That's right? A, We're very blessed. Great blessed. segue there. Uh, rubber Duck Regatta. This is the 25th anniversary. So it's the silver anniversary. Uh, it's actually, I believe that that's mentioned um, in a lot of different places. But this is the 25th anniversary. And for us to be able to partner with them... Uh, it is on the can. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's right there, 25th anniversary. <laughs> it's, it's in the smaller print, though. The brewer is right. I didn't uh, read all the so way So for the us to be able to be the exclusive craft beer partner uh, for this, <laughs> for the 25th anniversary, is super it's cool. Um, and I, I have to thank uh, Alan Setter, who's a, a great friend of mine now and, and uh, a former leader in my, my, the organization that I worked at prior to this, Acosta. Um, being able to – he kind of helped – grease the wheels there a little bit for us and start that conversation and uh once we had the very first conversation i think everybody in the organization knew like this was going to be a great partnership and a great fit and and i think the cool thing about it is that we're not right downtown that uh we do get to drive awareness of this event uh here in mason in dayton in downtown cincinnati and their goal is to feed a million kids this year Hmm. And it's cool for us to be able to be a part of it, especially with, to, you know, to, to the point of, of what you all said, we get to use a beer for this event that appeals to so many people. And that was strategic. That's something that we wanted to do. It wouldn't have made sense for us to launch a big Imperial Stout or a, a New England yeah. IPA for something that we're trying to reach a, a broad appeal of people. So... Let's talk about where this beer is going to be, because this is probably one of the coolest things. One of the reasons that we've gone dark now for about four weeks in the podcast. So if you are back and listening, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to tell you why we've, we've kind of been so busy. Um, with Quacky, it will be our initiation into Kroger. So something that's... Uh, I got goosebumps right now, actually. Um, Daniel Schmur and his team... He does. Uh, um, Brad and Andrew and, and Danny delivering uh, have been pounding the pavement for the last eight days, reselling this, these, this beer to the tune of almost 300 cases around 41 Kroger stores, everywhere from downtown Cincinnati to, to Dayton. I, I'm looking over at PNP not to call you out or anything. I know you don't have a mic in front of you, but coming from our background in, in which we, we worked in consumer packaged goods and we... We, we worked with Kroger. This was something that I always had aspirations. He's walking over to a mic, which is good. Yes. Uh, it's, it's something I always had aspirations of for our organization. I've always uh, loved working with Kroger. 
Um, and this is something for us to be able to, to be in Kroger less than a year in, especially with a partnership like this. It's kind of surreal to me. I don't, I don't know how you feel, Danny, but it's, it's pretty cool. I've been really looking forward to just, like, showing up at the Oakley Kroger and taking a selfie with, like, our case stack of Quacky. Yes. Like, I think it's going to be super dope. I, I wouldn't have predicted us getting into Kroger, you know, nine, ten months in. Having this partnership is even more incredible than that, you know. So kind of tying in previous experience with being able to accomplish this was really cool. Yeah, and, and we couldn't have... We couldn't have been able to launch without you, so, so thank you for that, Danny. Super cool. The other thing that is happening on the heels of Quacky, related to Kroger, is when the beer sets reset on September 9th, we're going to have two more SKUs in Kroger, and three SKUs in nine of those stores. So in nine stores, we'll have You Betcha, Record Hop, and Blanc, and in 41 stores, we'll have Blanc and You Betcha. So... Also really cool um, that we are not only launching Quacky into to 41 stores, but those same 41 stores right after Quacky uh, will be in the planogram, which is super cool. And so we've been working through that. In addition to that, we had some news hit uh, two weeks ago now, I guess, that Blanc, our Belgian wit, which we've talked a lot about, our, our Belgian wheat ale, won gold in the U.S. Open. So... That's really cool. That's been something that we've been really looking forward to. And then finally, one of the other things that's happened, which has uh, been exciting for our team, um, and it's, it, it's at the same time has not allowed us to be able to do this as frequently. Luke, you had your first child. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Oh, yes. Warren. Um, little Cute. Warren. Little Warren. Yep. Cute baby. Eight pounds, 12 ounces. Well, he's not that little but (laughs) my favorite thing is that when there was a thread going around like he's like telling the he's telling the team like you know hey warren was born blah 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 we have a bet in the office of how big warren's gonna be because luke's a monster obviously (laughs) well and 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 Haley's tall as well six one yeah so he he tells us warren's born eight pounds 12 ounces um 20 inches long that's it well, okay. Well, I was 22 and three quarters. Okay. Very reasonable size. Uh, I was almost two feet. The, you, my favorite thing, though, is that you said in your, I think you posted like, yeah, he's pretty tiny. <laughs> Eight pounds. Do you know every, every pregnant woman who's ever had a child that, that is hearing this right now is like, you're an idiot, man. Well, Eight pounds, 12 ounces. That's a big baby. Let me just back it up a little bit. The only reason why is because I was raised on knowing my mom had, my sister had, and this was with no epidural, 11 pounds, Yikes. 8 ounces. Yikes. And then I was 10 pounds, 12 ounces, and my other sister was 10 pounds, 6 ounces. All yeah, natural. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> She's a freak. Yeah. Love you, Robin. Well, well done, Robin. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan was there for the whole thing. He was, uh, yeah. He made it. Uh, Kara, my middle sister, he, he, <laughs> my dad's an airline pilot for Delta, so he was in the cockpit, you know, and he had to dash. And my mom, <laughs> my mom, she, uh, she got all the camera stuff, the lights, because this is back in the the late '80s, so you know, you had to have that big spotlight. You know, there wasn't any like, you know, really well done stuff. And uh, yeah, she drove herself to the hospital, and my dad met her there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I've never heard that story. That's awesome. It's ridiculous. 
Hey, so uh, this is a funny one. Uh, one of my partners at Paradune, he just had his fifth child, which was a beautiful little girl. Okay. And uh, they delivered in the parking lot of the Stop hospital. It. <laughs> Stop it. And everybody's good? Everybody's healthy? Everybody's and good. And everybody's dude. great because they were already at the hospital. Everybody just came out to the car. Oh, they, so, the, so a doctor <laughs> delivered them in the – dude, that's awesome. Pretty much. They're yeah. like, nope, you're going. It's, it's on. <laughs> um, so, um, so, that, so we've had a lot going on. Right, and that's a lot of really cool stuff. There you go. I didn't even talk. I hadn't even talked about that. So the other piece going on, we uh, we're very thankful to the partner who's been able to help us launch our brand in cans. But there's a lot of inefficiencies with that, and one of the things we've been talking about and trying to plan for for, geez, uh, about six months now since about the first of the year is how do we get our own can line in here. And how do we how do we make this uh, become efficient and work for us and be able to do really cool things like have taproom only releases, but also be able to can some smaller runs of stuff that we know our fans like, but we just haven't been able to to, to schedule it because we had a third party. Well, the answer to that is we were able to um, position ourselves with a, a new can line. Um, Chase, I, I'm so proud of you, and I'm excited. You've done so much work in making sure that you got the right line that fits us, that allows for us to grow, but to be able to grow into as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is coming what date? August 26th, it's delivered. Toot toot. And August 26th, it'll be installed, delivered, and we'll be canning on the next day, right? <laughs> it's the next day. I give us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think we can be canning in probably seven days. Yikes. Yep. After install, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we've built into the schedule 14. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. Their standard is about two weeks of install, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. And with that, one of the things that's going to be really cool is we're able to uh, keep a, an in-house person to run that line and operate that team as it grows. And Jeff... JPP, I'm talking about you. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So Jeff will be promoted into a role of team lead of packaging, which is super cool. I'm excited. Very excited. Um, Absolutely. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Congrats, bro. C- could not be a, a better fit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that we'll, we'll have to gear into really quickly. I'm sure that'll be, like everything, will be a <laughs> trial by fire. Yeah. Um, but, but super cool. Will be a perfect opportunity for you to, to just – ingrain yourself into that as its commission but i i I wanted to share that as well because it's sort of cool well i'm excited to build that team um you know obviously we already have a have a pretty awesome packaging team you know moving into that at the moment but uh but then also the time that i've spent in the cellar and on the brew deck and everything that's really kind of set me up for this and uh you know, uh, ingrained our standards in here. And so, you know, we're really going to be able to hit the ground running. Chase and I, right when the can line runs in, we're going to commission that thing together side by side and, uh, you know, get it rolling proper. And we've been working, you know, Ironheart's done a great job for us up up to this point. Absolutely. You know, we've had a great time, you know, working side by side with them and absolutely learned a lot, you know, through trials and tribulations and whatnot. Um, you know, because every can run doesn't doesn't run exactly how you want it to. But sure. you know, you know, you learn a lot from the from the mistakes and the opportunities that you can get off that. So, super excited. Yeah, it's awesome. Next, so hopefully, so by by early September, we should be hmm. able to be running cans of our own beer 
Is this a is this a beer? I, I I think as people drink more of this beer, that one of the things we might hear is is this a beer that will make a repeat appearance? I would love to. Yeah, it's you know right now just looking at the uh, the, the schedule uh, for production, loggers are going to have to be selective um, since it takes up so much tank uh, space time. Um, uh, we'll have to kind of pinpoint exactly what lager we want we'll still have rally cap as seasonal and right now we have zauber uh for next year being brewed in spring as well um but this beer is very different than zauber it is yeah it's it's very different this Mm -hmm. this beer really has it's it's interesting because as we all sit in a room and we overthink things because that's what we do um as we sit and, and overthink it. Um, I think I, I've said this on multiple podcasts. I've said this a thousand times to you, Chase. Sometimes we give consumers too much credit. Sometimes we don't give them enough credit. I, I think one thing that, that I truly believe is that this beer fills a need all by itself. Yeah. This, this beer can be supported incredibly isolated and still have room for a multi logger. Zauber, many, many other things. Ultimately, what it boils down to, I think, and I don't want to speak out of turn, Luke, Chase, one of the two of you, uh, feel free to chime in here. But to me, I would think this would be a beer that if we had the infrastructure to do all the time, we probably would. It's more just the tank space of of having lager fermentation for 30-plus days and the ability to be able to treat our water yes. and be able to do that efficiently without a ton of leak. You know, one of the reasons why I, I, I thought this was such a good idea to do now when we still have, you know, some of the tank capacity to do, to do it is is eventually, and Justin's got to cover his ears for this, but <laughs> um, eventually, you know, as we grow, uh, a centrifuge would be nice for a mechanical separation. So versus using our our lenticular filter, uh, we'd get uh, an upgrade with a centrifuge, which is more efficient, uh, a lot less uh, loss of product, but also a lot less water usage, which is the main reason why I really want to get a centrifuge. With a centrifuge, though, you need to have de-aerated water makeup already existing. So uh, this was a beer that I really wanted to produce and for us to try out and see if you know this if it sells well which hopefully it does it can kind of position a all dock system which is <laughs> <laughs> that's where i thought you were going to tell me to plug my ears i yeah. knew this was coming i knew there would be a plug chase only yeah. likes coming the crumb <laughs> <laughs> it's a small it's a small it's a small footprint unit um, that basically just brings in water you know we would we'd install uh, basically a water uh, system attached to it um, which i have it in my brain of how to do it um and it would basically just create water on the fly to to dose into our beer and and hit uh, the proper um o2 levels that we need for dilution so the all docks would make da water and the da water would uh, supply our centrifuge and also be able to use it for uh, a water dilution for a beer like this yeah we've talked about that a little bit yeah um I'm still plugging my ears, but yeah. the centrifuge I knew about. Um, Let's this talk one, about this. This one was a little bit of a. This was a little bit of a, a surprise when you brought it to me. But again, I, I get it, right? Um, and that's one of the things that 
as we continue to put a, a focus yeah. on on quality, it's it's stuff we always have to build in. We knew the can line was the first yeah. expense that we had to to yeah. really reinvest back into our business. Yeah. The next, I think, would be tanks, and then and then yeah, we'll for sure, some other stuff. But. Yeah, it would be like a phase. Yep. four or five. Yeah. All right, let's end with this. It's only fitting because we talked about the blind tastings. We've talked about this style of beer. Everyone had one. I want to go in a circle. I want all of you to tell me. PMP, you should probably come over here for this. Uh, I want everyone to tell me what was your what was your quote air quote right crappy beer of choice when when you were when you were drinking beer what was your cheap beer of choice? That's easy for me. Uh, uh, Keystone Light. We used to. Ooh, we used, yeah. I I drink a lot of Keystone yeah. in my day. We used to. Uh, Go roading with beer bongs, and I'm not sure. This, this probably Shady not, not Let's radio. Let's call them funnels. Well, what you mean is you used to walk down the road. Yes, we'd walk down the road with um, a funnel called. You, you guys did some weird stuff in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is really chill though on alcohol. It seriously, like, seriously is. Nine of the top ten drinking cities in the country. Your first DUI is forgiven. I swear it is. Dude, Wisconsin is the weirdest state I've ever been to when it comes to just things like like. Yeah, have, honestly, have you ever been cow tipping? Uh, I've tried. It, it doesn't really. Yeah, here they're too so heavy. You've been cow tipping. You can't do it with really strong cows. Yeah. <laughs> they're very, they're very heavy. I you hear. ended up like Tommy Boy, didn't you? You but, were face down in the mud. But we did have a goat farm <laughs> where we maniac. would chase. We would chase the goats, and they would flop over on their back and fa- and faint. Really? Yeah, they were fainting. You goats. told me this. Is that real? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen the goats. I've seen yeah. the goats. Goats have like really like, freaky oh, eyes. This has to be fake. You scared a goat. You scared a goat. There was a goat. It was on Classy Road. Outside of New Glarus. Yep. Chase Legler is a man you can go to dinner with ten times and never hear the same story twice. Oh, that's that's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, these so true. <laughs> it's no, because... There's videos of these fainting goats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've hilarious. seen the videos. It feels fake to me, though. No, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Although wildly entertaining. Uh, also, I goat really... robots that faint. <laughs> Dude, how much do you guys wish you could have been there when Chase tried to tip a cow? <laughs> Now, what was more fun was rolling round round bales down the hills. What? What does they, that mean? Oh, wow. The round bales, yeah, like the big bales of hay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bales of hay. <laughs> they said it pissed off farmers. <laughs> once, you, once you got momentum on them, they just kept going. Oh. Yeah. And, and you would roll them down the hill, and just and that's it, or? Well, they'd run into a fence or the barn, or and they'd break them right with all that force. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, the, yeah. Like so mine was also Keystone White, by the way. Really? Yeah. So we used to yeah. we used to call them Dirty Thirties. Get yeah. a thirty pack. Curse yeah. Light. Curse Light. <laughs> Listen, uh, we were like, this is like super cool, right? It was at the time. You know, how, you know how Keystone had the little insert between the, so it's fifteen on the top, fifteen oh, on the bottom, right, and, yeah. and it was like smooth, like you Keystone. Put it we put them on the wall like it was wallpaper. And like, put That's them right. on. That's right. You told me that. Yeah. yeah. We're idiots. <laughs> that, we thought we were so cool. Luke, what was your, what was your crappy beer of choice? Or cheap beer of choice? I keep saying crappy. That's probably not <sighs> To be honest beer. with you, it sounds pretentious, but um, oh I'm just going to say what it is now. Because back then, it was just kind of all over the place. It seriously was. Because I was getting into the craft in college. Uh, high life. Oh. oh, okay. I like champagne, and I do like the champagne of beers. I don't really feel like that's pretentious. I get it. Well, 
I was going to say, when I started drinking heavily in college, well, not heavily, but when I started drinking in college, <laughs> it was... Not, not heavily. Just normal drinking. <laughs> with my, just, just drinking the normal amount. With, when you're in college, you're when I, moderate. When I had my fake ID, I was trying to find the highest oh, beer, so it was um, Dogfish 120. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my jam. And then Natty Boy... Natty... Uh, Nat, Natty... Natty Heavies? Natty Light or Natty Ice? Natty Ice. Yes. Hey, I'm just going to say this since you just brought it up. How do you guys feel about the Natter Days? I like it a lot. And um, don't be surprised if you see it a little Natter Day coming out with this quacky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not Natter Days. It'll be our own thing. <coughs> I didn't say that. But hey, where your head's at right now, I love it. Because I'm telling you right now, Natterdays like are dope. Yep. I have yet to have one, and I'm just uh, resisting. You're missing that's out. That's a you problem. I'm re- <laughs> that's a you problem, not me. I have, I have a lot of beer in my fridge right now. <laughs> Most of it's unlabeled. I have a problem. <laughs> All so. right. So what was your, what was, as you were coming into enjoying beer, what was your cheap beer of choice? So my first beer, my first beer was an MGD, but we settled into Milwaukee's Best. And then... Beast. The Beast. The Beast. Nice. And then The Beast came out with Beast Ice. Shoot. And then they went to the Wide Mouths, and uh, we were all chugging oh. back in the day. 40s? So. <laughs> Edward, we, we called the company Edward one 40 time. hands. Oh, man. Luke, Luke, you've got to hold the mic back from your mouth. They're very loud. You have a... Because of powerful lips. It's because he you, just... Projects himself. You should hear him singing on the brood. Dang. It's amazing. Hey, when there's a good song on, <laughs> you ain't going to stop me. <laughs> I love it. I love PMP, it. what was your uh, cheap beer of choice? I, uh, I gave a lot of beers a shot. It was pretty much whatever I could get a 30 rack for cheapest. <laughs> um, so, like, there Don't were. hate that. It kind of started with, like, Natty and then a little bit of Keystone. And then, like, we were getting, like, 12 30 racks of Ice House for a while. 6% oh, alcohol, oh, too. Oh, Woo! Ice House. <laughs> we were cooking with fire with that. Ice <laughs> House. I, you, I've never had an Ice House. It's just um, got that existed. We, I we, forgot about Ice House. We did Beast for a little bit, too. Cobras? Then, did you do Cobras, too? Oh, well, who those hasn't? Are, those are just, that's, like, malt liquor. That's, like, hands. cheating. Yeah, that's so <laughs> laser. We've talked um, about getting a... Bottling line to do forties. Have any of you ever actually played Edward Forty Hands? Yeah, it was a great time. Too many times. <laughs> I actually haven't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. We we'll, cha- do, we'll change that. Serious? We'll change we that. Forties. Edward for- Oh, where you dip duct tape on your hands? Oh no. And you can't you can't do anything w- without them being duct taped to your hands until they're f- finished. <clears throat> I never had very much success with malt liquor in my world of <laughs> being able to drink it fast. Sonder ma- <laughs> malt liquor. TB, uh, to be determined. <laughs> so, so Luke, Luke brought up fake ID. Have you guys ever handed a cop your fake ID? I actually never had a fake ID. That's and then when story. he asked you for your birthday, you said, excuse me? And then <laughs> peeped in a little bit closer to him. And then when he asked you again while he's in mid-sentence, grab it out of his hand and run away. Oh, well, I feel like that happened to me in California. Like, he was like, when did you graduate? In California, they're like, so when did you graduate high school? I was like, um, uh, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> Hold on, i got to hear more about this story. That happened to you? <laughs> yep. you? Jefferson International Speedway watching Jesse Saunders race stock car. Saunders? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. By the way, is it, is it okay if we do a full episode podcast one time talking about how the name of our brewery is Saunders and not Saunders? 
You guys okay Sa- with no, it's Sounders. Sounders. Sounders? Sounders? <laughs> you wear that in Sounders, right? Yeah, no, people That's don't Saunders. know. Saunders. People need some phonics in their lives. Usually uh, it's always positive. Like, oh, you're with Saunders? Oh, I heard good things about totally, that Saunders. Totally. It's positive. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You can't pluralize it, guy. Right. Uh, I don't know. Let's go ahead and uh, let's toast to the end of this. Yes. Um, Somebody pour me a little love. Thank you guys all so much. Um, We have beer and glasses now, so we're not toasting to an empty glass. Um, Thank you to the Free Store and to to Kroger for uh, their partnerships. And uh, thanks to you guys for joining us. Thanks for everyone that listened. And... uh, Please come in and enjoy a quacky and support the cause. It's quack down. <laughs> I really wish we could have made the duck blue. There's no doubt. So that we could have talked about how I made the duck blue because I've never seen a blue duck before. Yeah. But that's it. that didn't work out. I, be- yeah. I bet Sandler would come down and... Uh, <laughs> I bet he wouldn't, like, but it would be a lot cooler if he did. Cheers. We know people. All right, guys. Hey, also what happened while we were, while we were away, uh, Chase met Dave Chappelle. True. Ooh, True story. Yeah. I did meet Dave Chappelle. He kind of froze up, though. I did not. Well, yeah. Well, I, still wanna, I still want to bother him. Like the cute girl in high school. He's like, yeah. uh, mm, uh, uh. He didn't get starstruck. Yeah. He was just trying the best, to not, the best is you know, that his, fringe upon his. <laughs> the yeah. best is that his sister had to say, uh, Mr. Chappelle, my brother, like, loves you. Yeah, she did. He's like, yeah, dog, I get that a lot. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. My sister, Brooke, was like, aren't you going to say anything? I was like, I still want to be that guy. And like, because I could, I could. Weren't you at a hot dog stand? We were, oh, a Mexican. Um, a, food, a Mexican food truck. Oh, that was hot uh, I just want to be the guy to come up to him, be like, "Oh, I love you, man." You know? Why not? That would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, but it was. Cool. But you gave him beer chips. I did give him Sonder beer chips. Uh, I gave him all I had in my pocket, which was like six of them. Yes. So, Wait, what, are those beer? I bet those beer chips are still in the pant pocket of the pants he was wearing that night. I think no, he probably put them in his his car. I think. Okay. But he, he says said he's going to he, show up. I think he will. He might. And yeah. Will you freeze again? If no. If he shows up here, this is my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dog, why don't, let me show you my stuff. Let me give you a tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, cheers, uh, cheers. Thank you, everyone, for listening.